to dumb comic creators. We need a catchphrase. We do need a catchphrase. I think we we need a catchphrase. Every week you bring this up. Yeah, we should we should do something about it. We should. What, what? I don't know. I I plan these podcasts, and I have an idea of what we should talk about. But I never plan for talking about a catchphrase. It seems like something maybe you should take home with you as homework. If you really cared about this podcast, you might come up with a catchphrase. I care. I'm just saying that um, we should have a catchphrase. It should come organically. So it's a group thing. It can't just be my catchphrase. That's why so we should have a catchphrase. Maybe so, come up with some ideas. Okay. I'll try to come up with some ideas. Okay. So let's get started. We're going to talk about writing comics today. And Eric, you've written a script. I've written part of a script. I'm not happy with the script, but I plan uh, – this is a rough script. I plan on going back and adding some more details. Uh but I know how I'm going to end the first comic, and I'm almost there. I just want to add some more examples of um, there's no crime in the city. Okay, so great. So you answer my question with quite a bit of information. Mm-hmm. But what that boils down to is, yes, you did write a script this week, which was, your, which was what you were supposed to be doing. Yeah, that's what I did. That's what I was saying. Okay, and at the very, I, I mean, like we discussed, if you hadn't written a script, we would have talked about not writing a script, you know, like in the process that how hard it is to actually just sit down and write. It takes a lot of effort because you have to go through, just make sure you spend the time to do it, and you have to turn off that nagging thing that everything you write sucks, stuff like that. Right. So, And I've written a script because obviously I'm having a comic book done right now, two of them. Um, So I'm happy to share my experiences with writing as well. Um, But I want to talk about what you did this week. Um, And so when did you start writing? Because it's been two weeks now since we recorded our first podcast. And we said, Eric's going to go home. Next week, he's going to have a script. But now it's been two weeks since our first recording. So you actually had extra time to come up with something. When did you start writing your script? I started writing the script the weekend that we did it because I just wanted to get something done on paper. Problem was is um, my day job was taking precedence over this stuff. And then also some volunteer things I do. I had to get that done as well. So I had to do, so life got in the way of writing, so I didn't get as much as I did, but I wrote. Well, how much did you get done? How much? I have almost the first. No, no, no. I mean, that that weekend. Let's just go day by day for these two weeks. Like, let's go through like what your process was. How much did you actually get done the first time you sat down? I got about a page and a half done the first weekend, which okay. was pretty much I got um, to the climax of the story, 
and it will resolute itself by the time I finish writing later. Um, what I did after that was I went back and added details because I felt my story was missing a lot of major things that right. should have been included, but was not. Um, for example, um, I well, had- Hold on, hold on, before we get there. Still on the process. Still right? on the process. I know this is painstaking and you want to apologize at every step of the way. I would like to apologize yeah, but to don't, Keegan. Don't. There's really no point in apologizing because this is the process. It's difficult and it takes a lot of time and you never feel adequate for what you think you where you think you should be. But I think this is such a long process that sometimes it's okay to be kind to yourself and just accept like, hey, I did get a page and a half done, which means the next time I sit down, at least there's a page and a half there. You know what I mean? And you didn't finish the ending, but when you sit down next time, you can. You basically, you'll be able to finish it because the rest of the script is there. So like when you're starting, it's important to know any little bit helps. Sometimes just writing one line can like give you the motivation to come back the next day and write some more, you know? So um, remind our listeners, what's your script about? So my script, it stars a policeman who lives in a city where superheroes are so good at their job, crime is a thing of the past. And as a result of this, um, he is kind of just getting depressed and feels melancholy about everything. So he's got nothing to do, right? Is that kind he's, of, yeah, but he doesn't feel adequate. Like he's not fulfilled in his life. Is that kind of the theme you're going like, for? That's what I feel. Or that's what I, the theme I'm going for, yes. Is that one of those, uh, are they called Maslow's needs, hierarchy of needs, like feeling uh, fulfillment with your, is it, isn't that one of those? I think it is like fulfillment or purpose or whatever. Yeah. I believe that is one of them. Yeah. So he, that's a good character flaw, I think, not, mm -hmm. not feeling fulfilled. You can probably revisit that theme over and over with his life. Even yeah. when he obtains his goals, he'll probably still feel that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, cool. Okay. So uh, I'm going to open your script and I'm going to read this thing on the okay. podcast for our listeners. And we're going to talk about your script. Are you nervous? Yeah, because it's not that good. Or I'm not nervous because I know it's not that good. And I know I need to rework on it. So. Listeners, I apologize in advance. I apologize to you, Keegan. But well, once it, it's the first step, as you said, and I don't plan on leaving it as it is. I plan on revisiting and fixing up. Yeah, and like I said before, don't apologize when you're workshopping something. Don't, mm -hmm. don't worry about it because it's going to change so much in the editing process that what you have down now isn't going to be isn't worth apologizing for because it's not even the real thing you know it's not the if your finished book was like really 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 bad and you made me read it and you knew it was bad and I still had to waste my time then an apology might be needed but 
But while we're workshopping, no, I'm not gonna accept your apology. Okay, so I'm screen sharing and we're gonna pull up your script. And can you see it? I can see it. Okay, what is this? So you call I, this a script? There's yes, no title. Always put a title on your script. I my titles to be named later, so I haven't thought of one yet. It's what I also workshopping besides you know our catchphrase is a title for my script. So okay, I don't have that yet. You could put a working title, Policeman uh, Script by uh, Eric Schwartz. My script is titled blank, so I can't see it. Uh, I don't accept that premise. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I see that you've written box one. Yes. What is box one to you? Box one is a comic book box because you know how when you read a comic, it is done in squares and boxes. That's how I wrote it down. That's how I separate out like, each panel in my head. And I figured because I would be working with an illustrator, I would go through and describe what I want them. Over, I would do a chat with them and talk with them like what I'm picturing in my mind. And we could go through just some rough stuff. So a lot of the stuff I know will come when I work with an illustrator and see what their perspective is versus what my perspective is. So this is just kind of like the ideas are on a page and we would discuss like the exact details that they need from me and from the scripts for each box to work perfectly. Okay, so, uh, and this is your first script. So I'm, I'm the one that's critical. You're the one, you know, kind of explaining your, your, your method, right? And so there's, yeah. no, there's no wrong answers. You didn't do anything wrong. Uh, when you're writing a comic book script, the illustrator's gonna wanna see uh, at the top of at the top of that script, um, page one in a dash and how many panels on that page. So if it's page one and it's three panels, it would say page one dash three panels, right? Yeah. Uh, so and and then the second thing is they're not boxes on comic book scripts. They're called panels. So it would be panel one, panel two, panel three. Um, and and all you've done is messed up the wording. It's it's no big deal, right? Um, cool. So all right. So other than that, you've done really well with with these boxes. Um, your job as the writer, though, is to um, describe the comic book page in words. And it's mm -hmm. really not not like a screenplay where the person wants to feel like they're watching a movie when they're reading and they don't wanna be, like they don't like, usually like the meta callbacks to like, this is what the movie would look like. They want it to read like a movie. Uh, in a comic book script, you need to write, sometimes I've seen people that, say panel one through three are the top of the page. Panel four is like 40% of the page and panel five is like a tiny box in the corner. You know, you can, you can literally write that out because the artist just wants to know exactly how that page should be laid out. Um, and, and some people like, like you've done, they just write out all of these boxes and then the artist is like, Okay, well, 
now this is a 40 page script because because each of these boxes is one page you know but and, and maybe that works for them or maybe rather the artist lay out the page uh but most comic book writers are going to i most comic book artists prefer page one how many panels and most comic book writers are going to go through that process of imagining the layout for the script. Does that make sense? Yep. So, uh, and your script doesn't have any, how many pages you, you want it to be, right? No, I, six, I don't know how many pages I want to be, it's the truth of the matter, I haven't decided that. Well, you've got, um, well, let me ask really fast. What are these new big box, new so, box? Are so, those also boxes? Those are also boxes, but I went back and edited them because I literally had to describe something and I felt that lacked the correct way of doing it. Okay. Um, so actually you've got 28 boxes, I think. 20, yeah. Yeah, 28 boxes overall. Okay. So on average, most comic books have six panels per page. On average, some, some pages have more, some pages have less. Six is pretty standard for a page. So 28 over six, accountant. You don't know that off the top of your head? I don't pay attention to those number of pages or panels usually when I write, read comics. It's got about five pages of comic book. Okay, so I will need to, I need to add more details. And Possibly, we're not there yet, but um, just on number of boxes, that's how many, uh, that's how many pages you got. Okay, so let's read this. Uh, starting on box one. The man exits a car with a cup of coffee in hand. He's late 30s, early 40s. Slightly overweight, slightly bald. His face appears to show dread about going in for another work day. Who is this man? He's gonna be the main character, Hank. I just hadn't named him yet because I was waiting to like, I switch it later when someone when a different character names him. Okay. But he pronounces this man because okay. the reader I think the reader wouldn't know who you are. Right. The reader always the reader for your comic book script is the artist. So don't hide anything from the artist. If something in this panel is calling is going to be called back in 40 pages, you need to write out this is an important thing that definitely needs to be in this panel. In this case, uh I would capitalize Hank's full name, right? This is the main character. And uh, what kind of car is it? You know, what, what, where's the coffee from? Is it something, he, a travel mug he was bringing from home or is it Starbucks or, um, the rest of the description is pretty good because uh, I like to leave a lot of details up to the artist and that's the way I collaborate. Some people would go, uh, as far as like putting in an actor's name or, um, you know, even like just what kind of clothes he wears or, you know, you, you can put anything you want there to, to share your vision with the artist, but never, never forget that you're sharing, you're, you're writing this for one person, right? So you just want to describe it so that that person can draw it. <laughs> it's that easy. Uh, and that hard. Um, other than that, he's exiting a car. I know exactly what's happening in this panel. It's the morning, you know, 
Yeah. Yeah. So I did. Other than that, I I assume you're not showing any of the background in this panel, are you? What? No. It's just gonna be him. Just it's gonna be a close up of a man exiting the car with a cup of coffee in hand. Okay. Um. Great. So. Box two. Let's just move on. Box two. Man purposefully, this is Hank, purposefully tosses cup on ground and not in garbage can and continues to walk by the garbage, I'm guessing. You just yes. put walk by. Walk, what's he walking by? He's walking by the garbage. Okay, cool. All right, so he doesn't care about his garbage or his travel mug. It's a, I, I had it in my mind a styrofoam cup. Yeah, so it's a styrofoam. Got it. Right. So let's throw that in the script. Cool. Um, where, all right. So between box one and two, I'm not sure where he is. Is he in a city? Is he in a suburb? Is he in he's a, in a countryside? I'll say he's in a parking lot. He's oh, in a parking lot. Of what? A police station. Okay. Yeah. That should be in box one. Okay. So when you're starting your script, always, you know, in any scene, basically, you want to have an establishing box establishing panel. I'm going to switch the panel from now on, Eric. Um, but the panel, the first panel usually is an establishing panel so that the reader will know where this scene is taking place. So uh, even in panel one, you could have establishing shot of the parking lot of the police headquarters where Hank is exiting his car with a coffee cup and can describe Hank. Panel two, he's closer to the police headquarters. He throws the coffee cup. Um, there's one problem with this, I'll tell you, that I've made this problem. I, I've made this problem multiple times in my first script. And uh, in my first comic book script went from being 20 pages to about 38 when the artist finished because I made this problem so many times. Uh, panel two, you have two different actions and they both end up needing a separate panel. So Hank purposefully tosses the cup on the ground. That's one panel usually. And walks by is not, is a, is a separate panel. So just, I would probably I mean? just, yeah, I could probably just remove the walks by then. I wouldn't rest it because there's a separate okay. way of there's a separate way of describing that in one panel if you're smart. Yeah, you say I just would make it so he's littering. Yeah, you could have you could have uh, Hanks in the Hanks already past the garbage can. You can mm -hmm. see uh, movement lines of the coffee cup on the ground next to the next to the garbage. You know, so yeah, that's all one panel. Yeah. I make sense only one panel. Or you could have two panels. Some artists, some some comic books like to have that uh, close up of the cup that's on the ground and not in the garbage can. So maybe in the first panel it looks like he's throwing the cup in the garbage, but then you see that it's on the on the ground instead. You know, um, and that's that's up to you. All right, panel three. Hank finds cup back in hand with note attached to it. Dear citizen. Please do not litter. It is your job to help the superhero super team keep Midwest City safe and clean. Yeah, that rhymes. That's fun. Good rhyme. Uh, one more time. 
Um, I'll say panel three is probably two panels as well. Uh, Hank finds the cup back in his hand and then a close-up of the, of the note on the cup. So that's yep. two two more pens. So you're um, that one. I'll which were the two panels? You're already at five panels. I'd say that could be your first page. <laughs> page one, five panels. Um, cool. All right, panel four. Uh, for in, in your script, panel four. Uh, Hank grumbles and walks into the police station. Show police station big in the background. Okay, so this is a wide shot. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. So comic book scripts use the use the phrases of a great of of like camera angles um, in the script. So if you wanted that to be a bird's eye view of the police station, you could have it. Um, if you just want a high angle shot, um, there's a great book called Shot by Shot. Uh, that I often reference in comic book scripts um, when I'm thinking of a certain shot, and it it's by it's a, about film directing, but it definitely applies to comic book scripts, and it's by Stephen D. Katz. If you're looking for it, it's called Film Directing Shot by Shot, Visualizing from Concept to Screen, um, and you can find that in any bookstore. Um, Make sense? Yep. Yeah. So yeah, and you could you could start that panel description with high angle shot of the police station and crumbles walking in, you know, inside. You know what I mean? The artist will also know some of this stuff or or visualize it for you too. So make sense? Okay. Mm -hmm. Panel five. Receptionist talking to Hank. Hank, you're 20 minutes late. Hank responds, well, I was making an arrest on the way here. Okay, so not a big deal to me that there's not much of a description of the police station because a lot of police stations are the same. Um, and this is where you and I differ on our writing style because you've put the dialogue right in the description. Um, whereas I take a traditional comic uh, screenwriting route where I put um, underneath the description of the panel, I put like receptionist colon Hank, you're 20 minutes late, and then paragraph Hank colon, well, I was making a rest on the way here. Um, so you see the description and then you see character one, character two, what they're saying to each other basically. Uh, like a screenplay, basically. But um, again, every comic book writer has their own style of writing. And again, I knew what panel five was, was just from reading it. So as long as you're describing it in a way that people can understand, as the artist can understand, I think you're fine. You know what I mean? Okay, cool. Panel six, Hank continues walking, laughing. That's good. That's good. Uh, panel seven. Hank is sitting at desk. Is this his desk? Yeah. At his desk. In in his office. Is it in his office? Sergeant is on left side of frame with hands on desk in an aggressive manner. Sergeant Hank 
It's been six months since you issued a ticket, a single ticket. John issued a ticket last month. Do you even want to be a cop? Hank does not respond, just looks forlorn with silent fury. So that's pretty good. Um, yeah, it's his office then. So you could describe his office a little bit. Does he have any pictures on the desk that might be important to the character? I can um, do that, yeah. Yeah, any, any, any other details that might show that he has nothing going on at the office or something? Um, cool, panel eight. Hank says under his breath as Sergeant walks away, there's no point in any police officer's job since those super freaks showed up from space and the ocean. So, okay, okay so the sergeant's exiting his office. And Hank is the one that says that. I'll make that more explicit. Yeah, you might want to say what Hank's body language is too. Okay. Again, because you. Uh, you're leaving a lot of this up to the artist, which is fine, but um, but it can help the artist, you know, if he's, you know, I don't know, playing with his gun or something, you know, just mm -hmm. stupid uh, cop stuff that they do. Uh, panel nine, cut to Hank in a cop car with a partner asking him, should we go cruise around the South District? I heard that there might be some gang activity left over when the Crips join the beaters. Hank responds, knock yourself out, kid. I'm taking a nap. Cool, okay, so are they in the car in this panel? Because you, you should want to describe, like, are, it seems they're in the cop car. Are they already driving? You know, just describe the action a little better, you know? Okay. Okay, panel, panel 10, partner, it's our job as police officers to stop any crime. The super squad fails to stop themselves. New big box, Hank in street clothes, looking at a soda in convenience store. In front of the picture is a man pulling out a gun to rob the store. Panel, panel 12. Hank turns around with a gun. Next panel, the robber appears tied up with a note on chest. New panel, note says, no crime will ever be committed again. Sincerely, the superhero super team. Pan new panel, back in car, that was the last time I ever saw a crime, let alone try to prevent it. Basic kid, we are the dinosaurs three minutes before a meteor strike. Okay, so interesting. Is this a flashback? Yeah, it's, I need to make that more explicit. It's a flashback. Okay. And that's, so it's supposed to be a flashback. One last time that uh, I'll clearly say in a panel before that, kid, let me tell you the last time I actually saw a real crime. You should name this partner because I have a feeling he'll come back later in the story. Yeah, I'll name him. Yeah. and and give him some attributes that, you know, make him, separate him from Hank. Might be the opposite, you know. Um, the other thing, yeah, so as a, if I was the artist, I'd be like, what am I reading right now? <laughs> because then it just comes back with Hank 
telling his partner what, what's happening. Okay. Um, so panel 11, Hank leans his seat back and takes a nap as they drive, right? As they drive. Yep. Yeah, okay. Uh, panel 12, cut to Hank entering his house to a wife with a coat on. Wife, I'm heading out for dinner with the girls. I may crash with one of them. If not, I'll see you tonight. The kids are all at a sleepover, so you'll have this house to yourself. To yourself, not yourselves. <laughs> to yourselves. Maybe she's, maybe she's British. To yourselves, mate. To yourselves. Uh, panel 13, looks longingly at his bed. Is that Hank doing that? Yeah. <laughs> so all these are Hanks. Also, just put in bedroom. You know, yeah. Make it easy for the artist to read. Mm -hmm. Panel 14, looks longingly at kids' beds. Girls' beds, high school age. How many, how many girls, how many beds? I'm going to do two beds. I'm going to make them two. And I'm going to split that up into two separate Panels. Two more panels. Okay. Mm -hmm. Panel 15. Hank eats plain pasta alone. Where? Uh, I'll make a kitchen table. Panel 16. Watches the TV alone. Panel 17. Looking at pantry. We are out of booze. He says that? Yep. Okay. Make that clear. Panel 18. Cut to Hank parking his car in the parking lot of a bar named Bar. Good. Also, is Hank driving a cop car or his own car? He'll be driving his own car. It'll be the same car from the first panel. And just remember to put what kind of car it is. Is it a pickup truck? Is it a Ford Fiesta? You know? Yeah. Details matter to the character, what kind of character he is. If he's driving a Jetta and he like doesn't fit in the car very well, that's one thing. But if he drives like a giant pickup truck, because he's kind of a douche. That's like another type of character, you know? So I can say a lot about who Hank is. Uh, panel 19. Hank enters a bar that only contains two people besides himself, a bar who has more grease. On uh, should, let's be a bartender. I should, let's, I, okay, be a, bartender. a bartender who has more grease on his clothes than clean spots. He runs the type of bar that can survive off a set of two regulars. See that the bar is a man in a complete black suit with black undershirts. The man seems to be slightly off, but nothing so bad that stops Hank in his drags. Um, can I, all right, so again, name these people just so that the artist can keep them, um, keep track of them in the dialogue because you don't want to just say man says, you know, bartender says, because you, you might have bartenders later or other men in your comic. Um, and it, is this guy in the suit, is he going to come back? Uh, yes. Okay, so he's another main character. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you see, you should probably point that out to the artist. Mm -hmm. Panel 20, Hank is drinking a beer when the man in black asks why he's drinking alone. Hank responds. Less talk, more drink. And here you haven't put the dialogue in quotes. And okay. so the letterer, when he reads the script, will need to see the dialogue put, put correctly, or he'll miss this yep. panel. Okay. Yep. Uh, panel 21 more empty beers next to Hank, but not to the man, Hank. And I told them, no, no, no. 
<laughs> Man in black laughs. What kind of laughter? I wish to do ha 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 like weird. Just is, I he, just is he authentically laughing or is he just uh, is he like soberly tricking Hank? I do soberly tricking Hank. Okay, because the artists can put like a sinister laugh, like like um, sarcastic chuckle, you know. Well, I think you're going for sarcastic chuckle or yeah. like inauthentic chuckle, and and like that's something. If an actor can do that on screen, then an artist can draw it. You just have to like put that emotional reaction on on the page, you know. Make sense. Okay. Okay. Panel twenty-two. Hank has an assortment of empty bottles and cups next to him. Hank says to man, "I just want my career to have meaning. I mean, a police officer, sir, used to be a symbol of hope and safety. Now it's just a symbol of wasted tax dollars. I mean, what's the point?" Uh, okay. So that's a good. That's actually a good panel. Um, panel twenty-three. Man in black. I hear you, buddy, and I can help. You just have to realize the consequences of doing so. Yeah, that's an awkward sentence, the consequences of yeah. doing so. But like other than that, again, it's like clearly this is just a dialogue scene. We're talking back and forth. The artist mm -hmm. can figure out, you know, how to do that for the most part. If you wanted to be if you wanted to get very detailed about how the scene progresses, shot by like like that book shot by shot or like like medium shot, two shot, uh, cowboy shot, close up of the man in black, sinister grin, as he says, you know, I hear you, buddy. You know, um, that's all up to you, really. You, you should be that detailed if that's in your head, you know. So if you're, if you're writing this and you want it to like, if you have it in your head as a movie, then write write out those different camera angles but if you just want to get the story down and let the artist kind of handle that stuff for you then it's okay to leave open and just make sure that you explain to the artist like i i want you to take care of that you know i, I trust you with that and and make sure that the artist can handle that you know and they have kind of a track record of doing that um cool so this is like a good Actually, good scripts, well paced, um, because you've you've covered a lot of ground from your idea of like him blacking out and waking up with no superheroes, right? Yep. Yeah. So so you got to like kind of a turning point, which in a screenplay would be like page ten, mm -hmm. and on here you might you might you could be at page seven or eight easily based on the number of panels you have um cool so let's see so other than adding some descriptions maybe cleaning up how you any kind of how i do it how you, you describe the characters how you describe the dialogue this is a very good start eric and you, you need to put like page and how many panels so that the artist knows the layout for each page. But um, 
But other than that, yeah, it's really good. Uh, Where does it go now? What's the ending? Uh, So I plan on having him pass out in the alleyway between him walking to his car or the bar and him walking to his car. And um, he's going to wake up and I forgot to, I need to describe this more. I want everything, like the first part, everything to be super bright and colorful, like rainbow and crack. And when he wakes up, everything's going to be dark and dingy, more Batman-esque. Okay. Okay. So I need to add those details in. Eric, we have something else we wanted to do today. Mm -hmm. And that is review a comic that uh, just had a successful Kickstarter called Haunting and created and written by Phil Falco. Pencils and inks by Anna Wiesik. Colors by Andres Samboni and letters and logo by Letter Squids. So you took a read of this. What's it about? So it stars um, a character named Bram, who wherever he goes, if someone had died there, their ghost will wake up. And all he wants to do is simply sleep, be left alone, not deal with the ghosts. So whereas like people freak out or scared by him, the ghosts like will haunt, attack, and hurt everyone else. For him, it's just simply a nuisance that causes him problems. So we're following him, like literally trying just to get to sleep, find the place where he can be by himself with no one else bothering him. It seems like he's just kind of randomly traveling, right? Like yeah. it didn't seem to me like he had a purpose behind where he was going. He seemed to be trying to get away from something, which is the ghost in this case, instead of going towards something. Um, right. Yeah. Other characters that were included are um, a girl named Faith, who appears to be a main character, probably the main love interest. She is. Um, a religious person, hence the name Faith, uh, who gets uh, wound up with him when Hank, or not Hank, Graham goes to the hotel that she's the concierge for. Yeah, and then there's this guy named the Deacon who's chasing him and wants his, from what I could tell, wants his power? or I think he wants like revenge on him, is what I gather. Um, Oh, but the deacon has no qualms about killing somebody, so he's killed the only police officer in the town that Bram's currently at. Um, he kills um, a priest just to find out whether or not Hank is actually at the hotel. Because as soon as Hank dies, the ghost of the priest. No, as soon as father, as soon as Father Stern dies. Oh, as Father Stern dies, the, yeah, the Father dies. He comes back. As a ghost, and he goes, you're lying to me. He's here. Yeah, that was clever. So he, he actually knows, he knows Bram's power and he uses it against him. Classic villain, which is great. Um, so uh, what did you think of the characters? Were they kind of rounded out or one-dimensional? I mean, for the most, most part, they're rounded out. For some of them, so for... The deacon and 
Bram, I felt they were rounded out. Like, they were very realistic characters. I, I could see people reacting that way. Um, Faith, uh, she's very little is known about her. She kind of said that, like, she goes to church. She's somewhat religious. But other than that, there's very little known about her. So she sees you the most two-dimensional characters of what I think are the main characters of this. Of this yeah, yeah. You know, I couldn't even figure out her name when after I read it. Um, but she does kind of help hide him, and she does like warn him that this guy's coming. So, you know, she she took some action. I, um, yeah. But right now, I'm not sure if she's really a main character or just somebody who's helping him right now. You know. I think she'll be a main character, but I don't know like how long she'll be main character. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, is she just uh, sort of an episodic? Yeah. So, so if we're saying that she, you know, she might have used some more character. You know, hopefully, hopefully, in episode or book two, that there's more about faith and like where she comes from. Yeah. There's a lot more that we could find out about her, which we unfortunately do not know. So what genre is this comic book, in your opinion? Um, it's not noir. It's more... Uh, I more like kind of an action supernatural. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I actually wrote down that it reminded me of the show Supernatural. So, it kind of so, does. Yeah. Um, I get a lot of the uh, Hundred Bullets vibe, if you've ever read that comic book series, um, which is they left a lot of intrigue. Like the first six issues, you have no clue what's going on. All that you know is that random people are getting a gun with a hundred bullets that they cannot be arrested for. They can do whatever they want with it. So, for example, like one guy gets pulled over by a cop with a gun and pulls it on the cop. Cop looks at the gun and says, you can do whatever you want. and gives him back the gun. Uh, so, so, same thing with this. Like, he's kind of ignoring people in that uh, hotel. And... Yeah, and, and then also the deacon is just killing a sheriff for what we think is no reason. And yeah. Yeah. So I get, I would, I get that. We yeah. don't know what the reason is. Is it revenge? Is it greed? Right, right. Um, so, okay. So going off that, what is the art style that um, Anna has used? She is a great artist. I really liked. I really liked the style of this comic book. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Again, uh, the reason why I used the hundred bullets as an example is because that's what the art reminded me of. Um, kind of very rounded characters. Certain thing, like a lot use of grays and dark colors. Like, well, there the, hold on, that's the coloring. But what about the actual character design and, and um, uh, set design and you know. Like the way they're drawn, it kind of reminded me of, of like a manga, actually. To a certain extent, yeah, it did. Um, I heard certain things were done well, certain things were done. Well, I thought like all of a sudden, especially the first 
couple of pages with the ghosts, I thought were fantastically like just illustrated. Like uh, you get a lot of just action scenes just through the comics, and it just it looks amazing. It looks creative. It looks great, and it looks just well drawn. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So let's let's continue on to the coloring style, which is like a hundred bullets. How come? Uh, just because I thought the colors were darker, um, I thought that like the chosen colors kind of all went towards darker black, darker gray, stuff like that. I see. Okay, it, it was pretty mild, like realistic colors, mm -hmm. um, except for when the ghosts the come out, can. and then they, it's like a fluorescent blue. Yeah, and also um, there's some fluorescent red when when he kills people too, and and during the action scenes, and during the action scenes. So, yeah. Um, lettering. What do you think of the lettering? I thought the lettering was good, no problems. It wasn't anything. Um, so. Lettering is hard to tell when it's really good, but it's easy to tell when it's really bad. And the lettering was done well enough that I clearly could see this is done well. Yeah, you know, I didn't think that it had, like, it didn't wow me. It wasn't out of this world, but uh, it also, it really did a good job of staying out of the way of the arts and, and just, like, conveying, it, it was readable, too, you know. Um, yeah, so Letter Squids did a good job on that. I definitely like the, the lettering. Um, so overall, what do, you, what do you think of this comic? I thought it was overall a good comic. Like, um, I gave it, I would give it like a 7.8 out of 10. Um, nothing like mind shattering. It's like, oh my God, every second I'm not reading this next comic of this I, is misery. But it definitely had me intrigued to see where they're going. Um, it would be a comic book that I would keep up, or I, I would try to keep up with. And assuming they were able to keep on going, it would I would drop it necessarily right away. Yeah, if I gave my review, I I was hoping that it would have kept up with the ghosts, like in the first part of this. So I'm definitely expecting more of that if I read book two. Um, a lot, like a lot more ghost play, um, and I wasn't, I wasn't thrilled with like the deacon and the father, and because I, I didn't grow up Catholic, so I think I missed some of the meaning yeah, of that stuff. Neither did I. Yeah, and and once once they left the hotel, it was a little bit wordy and lots of exposition. Um, but I, overall, I really did kind of like the story, and I think. It's got a solid bad guy, you know, villain. And I'm interested to see where it goes. I would definitely try and find book two when it comes out. Uh, so yeah, I give it about a seven too. I, I think out of 10, uh, out of 100,000, uh, seven. No, I'm kidding. Seven yeah. out of 10. And uh, yeah, so overall, if you uh, can check out Haunting, and on Instagram, they're Haunting Comic. And Facebook, it's at Haunting Comic. And they just had a successful 
Kickstarter. So congratulations. Mm -hmm. uh, last thing I wanted to talk about this week, um, have you read any comics? I have not. Um, I read some manga, but I've not read any comics just because. Is it manga comic? Yes, no. Um, I read. I keep up to date with Doctor Stone, um, Spy X Family, One Punch Man, uh, The Promised Neverland, Chainsaw Man, and there's a couple others. I'm just playing in the titles. I try to keep up with, and they come out once a week, and I always read them. So, why why would you say it's not a comic manga? I say they're different. So. Comics are once a month. They're colored um, for the most part, unless you're Walking Dead. Um, and I don't know. I guess they're different. I think manga's. A, I just keep. Them, I consider them different because manga was inspired by comics and became their own thing. Uh, I, I'm not gonna die on the hill for this argument. If somebody argues it's a comic, I'll be like. That's fine with me. I'm not going to fight them for it. Yeah, because I, I was just about to say, I think they are comics. but And especially now that a lot of American comics are, uh, or Western comics have started using elements of the manga style, you know, for reactions and, and action even. Um, there, I, what I preach about manga more than I do comics is the facial expressions are so overdrawn, you can see them easily. That's why yeah. I, I that's why I dislike personally the live action Disney movies compared to the cartoons. Yes. Because the cartoons, the facial expressions are so more dramatic, you can see it. Clearly. Right. There there's like almost no emotion in those live action Disney films. Mm -hmm. Which is so important to understanding what the hell is going on in the story. Yeah. Knowing how the characters feel. It's like number one if you're telling a story. How does your character feel at all times? So, uh, I, yeah, okay. So I, I, this week I picked up um, The Dark Knight Strikes Back. Have you read that? So I don't think I have, honestly. It's the sequel to The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller. Yeah, I never read that one because I was told Gordon Blake, don't get it, it's not that good. Because I, I read The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller. I love that one. The sequel I said was just told it's not that good. So it, wasn't so, it had a, so what I think happened was it had a lot of backlash at the time. Um, frankly, I think it was way ahead of its time considering what comics look like now versus what they looked like then. Then comics looked very realistic and the colors were pretty much following what life-like colors look like. But the colorist on that book, Lynn Varley, was experimenting with Photoshop in a big way. And so the colors in that book, in The Dark Knight Strikes Back, look like a psychedelic, you know, they're a trip. And it's so cool when combined with Frank Miller's sort of like sketchy way of drawing, um, it really has, it's a very unique looking comic. Um, besides that, I think the story is actually very good. Um, it's about a world where Lex Luthor and Brainiac have won and the Justice League has basically given up 
everyone except for Batman has quit and stopped trying to fight Lex Luthor and Brainiac. So starting from that point and figuring out how to get out of it, it was, uh, it's a really trip and I enjoyed, I enjoyed reading it. Basically, I read all three of them. Um, but what I liked most of all, and if you read it for no other reason, Eric, um, check out the coloring because I, I really think that her colors are amazing. It's really cool. And uh, following up on that, I did a little research about and, and looked up the original artwork because I guess Frank Miller and Lynn Varley were married at the time that they made the book. And he last year sued her for stealing his sketches. And I guess they settled. Um, but, but just uh, looking up, trying to find more of her work, uh, I came across that story. And, um, and his original sketches of that book are literally just line art. There's no inking. And she did most of the work on the whole book and made it look really, really cool. So, so anyway, that's what I read this week. Um, but I wanted to say, I found a cool site. Everyone listening to this, we're not making any money on this plug, uh, but it's called thriftbooks.com. You can get a whole ton of comics and regular novels and, and books. Um, but they get them from libraries and they're used and they're like $5 for a book. And so if you're kind of hurting for cash, it's a great website to go on and just pick some of these up. Uh, after you spend a certain amount of money, you get a free book too, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I've been picking up some graphic novels on there. And, uh, and so I recommend it, thriftbooks.com. So anything else, Eric? Just uh, the catchphrase. We need a catchphrase. Need a catchphrase. All right. Uh, three, two, one. Catchphrase. Right now. Three, two, one. Catchphrase. No, that can't be our cat. Catchphrase can't be catchphrase. Catchphrase. If you wanted to know why we named our podcast "Dumb Comic Creators," this is the moment. I hope that it clicks. Okay. How about let's just stick with we need a catchphrase. We need catchphrase. Okay, and we're done coming and we hope that you found some of this uh, illuminating. I was gonna say, uh, I was gonna say, uh, we should probably just say bye. This is the longest goodbye ever. I was gonna say tolerable. <laughs> I was All gonna right. say, I was gonna say tolerable. Uh, so yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. What are we talking about next week? Uh, we will be talking about the comic, uh, a new comic, not the one we were talking about. We just talked about earlier. Uh, we will be seeing uh, how Keegan's two comics are going, and any advice that he has, uh, like in his part, in his like. Yeah, and talking about editing comics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye.